0: This is the Beyond the Profi podcast, the podcast that empowers you and inspires you to seek career excellence while pursuing your passion. And I'm your host, Jasmine Haley. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Profi. The guest for this week is Jill Meyer Lippert, and I enjoyed really learning about her journey in dental hygiene and what she's currently doing right now. The key takeaway from her journey that I particularly like is the fact that she took a personal challenge to her family and... It has led her to her current passion right now. She also took a leap of faith in starting her business and really finding her niche and building a business that truly makes her happy. You know, one of the things that she said was, is is at the end of. A day and after she's providing clinical hygiene which she loves she gets to come home and work on something that's really helping to shape and change the lives of individuals who are enduring challenges of trying to deal with chemotherapy and maintaining some form of quality of life and health so with with Jill I enjoyed learning about her her passion and what she's currently doing when you are building a business there's some. There's a statement that she made that I think really resonated with me, and it's business owner manic depression. I, I chuckle when I think about that term because it actually is. It's quite true. We as bus- as a business owner, when once you've decided to become an entrepreneur, uh, in dentistry, there are days where you are completely ecstatic and excited. Something that you've been working on for days, weeks, months, has prove to be successful, and you're over the moon. You feel like everything was worth it. And then you then have to take off that hat as an educator or service provider or whatever the case may be. And then you need to put on your management hat. And then you need to put on your accountant hat. And then you need to put on this hat. And then you have all these other additional responsibilities outside of just providing the services that your business provide that can often add a lot of stress on someone. And so she talks about pushing through that business owner manic depression, which is so very important because as as anyone knows that has a business, you no longer receive a check every two weeks. Now you have to figure out a way to bring multiple streams of income into your pocket. And that is why many dental professionals do not last for many years for long long term in, in business ownership. So I, I really love the fact that she really highlighted the happiness factor of doing what she does. If you're truly not happy in what you're doing, it won't last. And trust me, It will not. There are many things that I do for Beyond the Profi, for Mom Genis. I spend countless amount of hours researching the amount of hours I spend uh, recording these episodes, editing these episodes, putting out this content and hoping someone would listen to it, hoping that it can make an impact and make a difference. Uh, There's no guarantee And a lot of the things, a lot of information that we put out, a lot of the content that we put out and other people like myself and um, other podcasters, we're not receiving any income for it. It's because we're passionate about our profession and that is absolutely necessary to be successful in anything that you do, but especially if you have decided to take the route of dental hygiene and and become an entrepreneur so listening to what jill has done taking some a personal challenge creating a business from that taking a leap of faith in doing that knowing that she you're going to have those ups and downs of of business ownership is so very important to realize we need a form of resiliency in any aspect of our career and we need a good support network and I'm hoping that Beyond the profi can provide that for you when you need that pick me up when you need to hear the challenges that uh, other dental hygienists have been through and how they've maintained their happiness and their career satisfaction despite those journeys journeys the purpose is also to make sure that you uh, learn from from other experiences, there may be some things that you don't have to repeat. You don't need to find out because someone else has already been through it. So I hope you really enjoy this episode, and I and I also want to remind you all: um, if you do so, if you feel moved, please, 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 please make sure that you like us and you subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Make sure you like our Facebook page and join the newsletter at Beyond the we're gonna have some stellar 2018 CEs coming up. I can't wait to have them and I hope that I'll be speaking. If if you can't attend to my CEs, I'll be speaking in a in city near you. We'll get a chance to meet. I love meeting new individuals. I may not be that great at it because I am introverted but I'm definitely getting pushed out of that out of that little box that I've been in in this little introvert realm. I've really liked really connecting with so many individuals and hearing about their journeys. And I think when you make this connection with Jill, you're going to enjoy it yourself. So enjoy this episode and I will see you next time. All right. I um, and just I messed that all up. So I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Beyond the pro Podcast. I am so excited to interview an amazing RDH that is committed to a special population. And I'm hoping that by learning about her and learning about what she is currently doing, you can be inspired to seek career excellence. So I would like to, and I'm very honored to, introduce Jill Meyer Lippert. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> Correct, Lippert. <laughs> oh my goodness! Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. So
0: welcome. I'm I'm very excited to have you. And um, you're in Wisconsin, right? Correct. Okay. You see how crazy my hair is, right? But I thought it would be too weird <laughs> for you to look at a black blank screen. I I think you're like I, my third Wisconsin.
1: I believe so. <laughs> I, I listened to Lisa Barr's interview and that was amazing. Yes, and Ashley's
0: gonna be Ashley's interview is gonna be coming oh. out um, maybe in a week or two. I think next week. I have it on my list of episodes to release, so she'll be a mom genist. So it's very awesome. cool to have someone from Wisconsin <laughs> again. Um, I've had cheese curds.
1: They are pretty good. Yes. <laughs>
0: Lisa brought them to me for at the ADHA conference, which was nice. That was really nice of her. So, let's start a little bit and letting our listeners know a little bit about you. So, where did you go to dental hygiene school, and how long have you been practicing, and why did you get into dental hygiene?
1: Um, I think I've always been interested in dentistry, even when I was little. If you pull out my um, school papers from kindergarten, it says what do you want to be when you grow up. I always chose a dentist. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I started going to school and I I wasn't really sure which direction I wanted to go. I either wanted to be going into dentistry or possibly into sports training. And when I finally figured out that it was um, dental hygiene, I went to school in Green Bay. I got my license in 1994 and have been practicing ever since. And I still practice uh, four days a week clinically on top of running my business, which is Side Effect Support, LLC.
0: Amazing, four days a week! Wow, yep.
1: <laughs>
0: wow, that's incredible. So tell us. Um, I mean, it's a big deal when an RDH who's used to getting a paycheck and you're still getting one, but you know, you're used sure. to being working in that format. Um, how do you transition or prepare yourself to even go towards entrepreneurship when you've worked in clinical for that? amount of time?
1: For me, it was a very long progression to get me to that point. Um, What first really drew me to the the field of dental oncology was when I got my first job in a dental office in 1992. um, I was trained to be an assistant and do administrative tasks um, when I was getting ready to start dental hygiene school. And at that same time, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. So it just became a very personal topic for me that I got to see Uh, how badly she was suffering with oral side effects. Um, I got to see all of the long-term oral damage that she suffered and unfortunately got to see how little help she received from both her oncology team and from the dental team and I kept expecting when I was going to school that I was going to learn all about this and um, it just never came. We would learn little bits but there's just there wasn't a resource available for people and So it just became more of a mission for me personally to learn as much as I could, thinking that I could help somebody the way that nobody was really able to help her. And that went from 1992 until um, after losing my dad to cancer in 2005, I started a volunteer program at a local hospital where I would provide um, free kits, basically, that had product samples and information. And I kept the program going from 2006 till Um, Even by 2010, it was starting to dwindle just because companies weren't willing or able to provide me the samples I needed to keep it going. So by 2012, I didn't have what I needed to keep them stocked and needed to make a decision to either stop it. And being that, that was something I really was kind of doing in memory of my dad. It broke my heart, the thought of doing that. And I just decided to take a leap and it was a really scary thing for me because I My only business experience was the front desk experience that I had uh, working at the dental office. And so it was just learning as I go. Um, And I'm still learning every day.
0: Wow. Wow. First of all, I just want to give you my condolences for your dad. Losing a parent is a very difficult, difficult thing to go through. But I see now why you are dedicated as dedicated as you are, and I would have to say, I've, I've looked at your website, it's it is wonderful. It's oh, thank really you wonderful. very much. And what you have done, um, you can tell that you have a tremendous passion for it. So that's interesting, you know, you, this is actually the first time when we're actually discussing some of the difficulty of starting either a non-profit or a, or, or a business. There's lulls in it, and you're like, ooh. Yeah. Do I stay what do I do and when and it's really like almost a child because you're so invested in everything that it's like your baby absolutely so what made you push through that like although you took a leap of faith what was it that really was there any like indication that really helped you to appreciate that this can still make it this is something that's more in your head That you may need to take these action steps like how were you able to determine to stick it stick it through
1: um i think a lot of it was really the examples that kept coming to me to motivate me showing me how much this was needed and i'm a very stubborn person (laughs) once i set my mind to something i will go for it with everything i've got and i just always have that attitude that failure is just it's not an option Um, But I have to say, if there's anything, if there's anything that exists, such as like um, business owner manic, manic depression, I totally have it because every little thing that goes well, uh, to me, is just this huge, wonderful, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Every little thing that doesn't, is like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. (laughs) So it is, it is a lot of ups and downs uh, for sure. But uh, I think just that there's more ups than every time that I go to a conference, every time that I have an order and somebody, you know, tells me, thank you. You know, sometimes with tears in their eyes and the hugs that I get, you know, I thank you so much. I just, this is what, exactly what I needed. And I can't believe I finally have relief. That to me just means the world to me and worth every bit of the downtimes that might come with it.
0: I just had a conversation about this today. I recorded another podcast and it's very, what stands out to me is that you understand your why. And a lot of times when you understand your why, it can help you push you through those lulls. Yes. Because I have those same, same things. Like some, some days if someone gets me on a good day, I'm like, oh, I just love everything I'm doing, and blah blah blah. And then, and on bad day, I'm like, ugh, I just feel like hanging it up. I (laughs) really. Yes, when you, it's all about making a difference, whatever that may be, and how we measure success. Success may not be monetary. Success may be changing someone's life. Yes. Um, and, that's, and, and in those instances, when you're making a difference in someone else's life, that leaves more of a legacy more than anything than the monetary benefit that can come, come your way.
1: And I think, you know, if you really stick with that passion and, and that why, eventually the monetary part will follow. Mm-hmm. Um, it just maybe doesn't follow as quickly as what you think or other people may think it should, but um, it's, it'll come.
0: I have to keep telling myself that. And I think for most hygienists that get into entrepreneurship, that is one of the most difficult things to, to work around is when it's not coming, which is why they tell you don't quit your day job. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot who it was that said that. I think it may have been Chris Potts or I think Chris Potts was the first person that told me I had met her at a, um, at a dental conference she was working for clear at that point and she was like don't quit your day job (laughs) (laughs) it's true it is true
1: it is and it makes it difficult because you see your passion and what you want to do and then you feel tied up in this other area that doesn't allow you the time to invest that you would like to into it but um You know, every morning I can't wait to get up and and work on it before I go to my real job. I come home at lunch, I work on it. I come home from my real job and I I work on it. And I I wouldn't, um, I can't imagine not doing it. I I look forward to every minute of it.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. And listeners, you can, if you could see Jill's face, she has a smile on her face, which is so great. (laughs) You know, you can tell she means everything she's saying. (laughs) All right, so um, we have your why, which is, in, which is very, very good. But how have you maintained your career satisfaction, especially working clinical? Because I find that, um, and I don't know how many forums you're on for dental hygienists, there's so many that are dissatisfied with their career. They don't know where to turn. So what would you say to someone that feels like they're stuck in a rut? or they feel that they're unhappy and they just want more? I would, how would you encourage them?
1: Um, I just know for myself, one of the ways that I keep my um, motivation up is having this niche. It is um, very nice to be kind of the go-to person at work when um, other people have a patient that they don't quite know how to deal with their dry mouth symptoms or they're having, you know some ulcerations or you they they have me to come to and bounce ideas off of and i really i enjoy that um even today we had a new patient that called our office and she is um had breast cancer that has now spread to her lungs and she just completed her treatments and she called the office knowing she needed a lot of dental work and it was just coincidence that she called our office, but it was so nice that they said, we know exactly who you need to talk to. So I was able to give her a call, spent probably about a half hour on the phone with her and just hearing that relief in her voice that she knows that she can come and have people that will understand what she's dealing with um, just is meaning so much to her. And I think for any of us, it is just finding our own little niche. It's not just um, going through and, and scaling teeth and, and and hoping things don't land in our hair. We need to, you know, find our our purpose within the office and just do the best job that we can because we're all helping people in our own way.
0: Yeah, that's so true. That's cool. So, what exactly does Side Effect Support? That's the whole entire name of your business, right? Yep. What, what exactly is it? Tell the listeners Um, what its services
1: are. It's a very multifaceted approach to helping to improve the quality of life for oncology patients uh, by focusing on the oral side effects of treatments. So we do it in a a couple different ways. We have the the website, uh, www.sideeffectsupport.com, and there are um, two different sections of blogs. We have articles for survivors and for caregivers, so there's um, more layman's terms to tell them about a variety of different um, subject matter to help them deal not only with the short-term oral side effects, but possibly about the long-term damage that may occur. Uh, There's also a blog section for uh, medical and dental professionals, because, unfortunately, our education is so vastly different that, unfortunately, People are getting very inaccurate and many times incomplete information uh, through their medical team or their dental team that ends up making their problems worse than what they really needed to be. So it's an attempt to get us more on the same page. Um, I do offer um, in-office seminars, trying to get the whole office on the same page. Uh, also do other speaking engagements, and then I also have a small store, and it is. It's small right now. Eventually, I'm gonna grow that a little larger, but um, it's, it has products that are more appropriate for people's needs. So as a as a hygienist, if you have somebody that comes in your office and a, a basic thing that you would recommend to them would be an extra soft compacted toothbrush. And that's great to recommend, but for them to go find that in store is next to impossible. So unfortunately, when you recommend these things, unless you give them a resource of where they can find them, they will go to their store, they will get frustrated, and they'll just get the same thing they've always been getting. And um, it's just more of a a convenience that people also, I always say, when you're not feeling well and your blood counts are low, you're not supposed to be around people, you don't want your patients out trying to find these things. You just want them to sit in the comfort of their own home, order it and have it delivered to their door and, and make it as easy as possible during a very stressful situation.
0: I really love that. So, listeners, if you have a patient that is undergoing any chemo or radiation therapy, side effects com is a great resource for you to send them to so that they can order the products that would best benefit them. So, you know, there's a saying called self made man or woman. And there's people who feel that there's no such thing because many of us in our professional journey have been helped or, or, or received some sort of mentorship or have had advocates throughout their career. How has mentorship, having advocates in your professional journey, how has that benefited you or has it not?
1: Um, it has, I, I've really been fortunate to work with um, some great dentists and who encouraged Continuing education encouraged me to uh, excel in anything that I was, you know, little projects. Jill, can you do this? Absolutely, I, I get excited with those things, and they would encourage more. Um, and the dentist that I worked for at the time when I started the volunteer program was so supportive of, of me that you know he really helped me get that that ball rolling. Um, there was also an office manager from uh, another office that at some point did a CE course for us that, um, took an interest in me. And when she wanted to bring somebody else on to help present with her business, uh, she called me up and gave me the opportunity to, uh, do CE events with her. And I have to say that was a great experience because I was so horrible. (laughs) I was so (laughs) awful at it. (laughs) The first one I did, it was just, um, it was just a horrendous display of an anxiety attack in front of a group of people. And, (laughs) (laughs) but she believed in me. She, she um, encouraged me and like anything, you just, you learn to feel comfortable with that feeling of being uncomfortable. And now I've, I've learned to turn that into excitement and not fear. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's all, you, you never know until you try. And I don't think I would have ever had the guts or the the thought of trying that on my own unless somebody presented that opportunity to me Mm
0: -hmm. yeah yeah sometimes you just need that little bit of a push and a lot of times you meet friends along the way who see things that you may not even recognize about yourself yes and that's exactly wonderful thing that is That's so funny. I remember giving my first CE now. I had already been teaching like for three years. And it's different when you stand in front of students compared to professionals. Like for some reason, I felt like I was walking in front of people and I had, I was like not clothed. (laughs) That's how (laughs) I felt. (laughs) I was just a mess. And I remember like during the question answer time for the CE, I wanted You know i was like okay i'm gonna do this amount of time for it one or two people asked the question i was like all right nice seeing everybody good night thanks for coming it was just like i was just so rushed i just (laughs) wanted to hurry up and get off (laughs) (laughs) so i totally you know where i and it's still a work in progress because every single time that you speak you find ways to um you know tweak certain things and get more fluid in your delivery um, which is great, and I, I have some so so far, I have two points from your from what you have from what you have shared so far in your career. First one is you need to understand your why, which is what we hear a lot of. The second is we need to take advantage of opportunities that you may not have seen in your future when it's presented yeah. to you. And then the third is to start imperfectly. So you start it and even though it it isn't where you are right now, you did it. (laughs) Exactly. Which is awesome.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think so many times we are our own worst enemies as far as um, that word fear. Um, It's funny because my husband switched careers within the last year or so and I I actually started a rule in our house that we could no longer say the word afraid or scared. We had to say excited. So no matter- (laughs) I like that, I like that. So I think if we really um, change our mindset with those things, we're, we're more likely to take a chance than to sit back and just let things pass us by.
0: So you removed a word from your vocabulary, which is tough. Yes. Did you do anything else to change your mindset? Or anything else that you
1: you and your husband implemented? Um, I love like motivational um, a lot of things on Facebook, anything that I follow, I try not to follow anything negative. If people are complaining a lot, I just I don't want that negativity. I try to surround myself with people who are positive, people who are going to be encouraging. And if and I think that's really big, you you, you start letting those Thoughts get in your mind and they take over and you can make that decision. You can make the good thoughts take over or you can consume yourself with the bad.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so very true. Um, I've actually had to unfollow a lot of people or delete or block them from Facebook um, because I just, I don't want to see offensive stuff. I don't want to see anything offensive. I don't want to see anything negative. I don't want to see a whole bunch of cussing. I don't want to see it. I mean, what's the right. point? I mean, we see so much horrible thing. You turn on the news channel and you can see terrible things the entire yes. time. So I, I like the fact that you we you're setting boundaries on what you allow into your space and into your mind. And we need to set that for ourselves. And a lot of times we tend to think that we shouldn't but it's absolutely necessary in order to because it's a mind that you really need to get over when it comes to really thinking out of the box when it comes to your career or getting any type of career satisfaction whether you're in clinical or looking for something outside of clinical absolutely so my question to you is what is the best career advice you have ever received
1: that is a tough one <laughs> <laughs> Um you know, I, I guess I'm not really sure what it is exactly, um, except for just being happy as much as you can with what you've got. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Having gratitude.
1: Gratitude. Yeah, absolutely. I
0: like that. I like that one a lot. And if you look at that, there's a, this called a self journal. They handed that to us at Career Fusion and you're supposed to write down three things that you're grateful for every day. So that is something that's, very, very important for us to do.
1: Yeah, and it's too easy to, um, when you feel so rushed, I mean, I know you you have a full plate <laughs> on your schedule all the time, and I, I certainly do myself, and I I feel um, there's certain days that it gets the best of me, but if I sit back, I really wouldn't have it any other way. I, I can't imagine, I wouldn't be one to sit around and, and uh, twiddle my thumbs and wonder what I'm going to be doing next. I need I need that, um, drive and that, um, stressful schedule because if it's too quiet, that's more stressful to me than anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll go nuts. I would go nuts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I would go nuts,
0: but I, I'm pacing myself. Like tomorrow, I'm trying to get all the work that I need to get done today so that I can chill out with my kids tomorrow. So I have a paper to write. I have, I just did a discussion board for school. I submitted all the stuff so that the students would be okay for their classes happening in another week or so. There's ways that you plan out and you, and and there's ways that you have to, I don't know, prioritize certain things. I'm trying to make that priority. You know, I've been taking a nap, so that's good. (laughs) Um, Try you know, trying to eat better and things like that. Those are very, very important that we tend to, as women, Women especially, because we're caregivers, we have like that kind of that caregiver type of um, way of thinking. We tend to put our own needs on the wayside, I feel, as women in general. You have to consciously make an effort to put ourselves as a priority. So, Definitely. Um, have you ever felt like those hygienists in the forums, just not satisfied with your career?
1: Definitely. Okay. Absolutely. So what did um, you do to change? Well, I know there were areas where I just, I, I try not to be too, I try not to be bossy at work, but I think if I have a problem, I want to be straightforward about it. Um, that is the one thing, too. I think so many times uh, we kind of cower to the thought that if we have a problem, we don't want to bring it up to the dentist. If we have a problem, we just, you know... Um, we just sulk and, and go home and, and complain and then make it, it never makes it better. So I think if if you have an issue with somebody, um, talking with them about it, you know, bringing it up and and letting them know and just being upfront, because I think unfortunately women, we don't do a lot of that either. And it ends up being just cattiness that, mm. um, that snowballs and it's really unnecessary that, um, and I, <laughs> Thankfully, have worked with some very wonderful dentists that have accepted that with me. That they know I'm not I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm just laying things on the line. If I do have a problem, um, that they they respect that, yeah. and I think that just keeping that open dialogue is really important to keep yourself out of that rut as much as possible.
0: I'm just having the same conversation. I think the and I think about my career. Like if I can just tell my younger self, younger hygiene self, one thing, I would say if there's something that's a concern, speak to the doctor right away. Yeah. Because sometimes all it takes is a conversation and that conversation can reveal whether or not you need to stay or leave. Right. So in instances where I may have said something to the doctor and I reveal, well, and I reveal whatever my concern is and I realize that the doctor is not, does not have the ability to change then I must change because we have, right. we need to realize that we have control over our career. We have control over it. Um, and we, do, we have to do a better job too, I think, of vetting the office. But unfortunately, in some areas of the country, some people feel or maybe in a situation where they feel like they have no other option. They have to just take whatever job comes their way so I'm hoping with this podcast and with discussing it with persons like yourself and and many others who have who have career satisfaction it could motivate someone to make a change wherever whatever way they see fit so I I appreciate you mentioning that 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 communication is such a big deal that's a big deal because I feel that at times I felt like I couldn't even talk to the doctor it was like oh no i'm here the doctor's here yeah you know hygienists we feel like but we're all we're the same level these just different licensure different things that we all do they are restorative we're preventative we should be collaborating together as a team
1: yes and i think if you have a doctor that sees you as a team member and not as a lowly employee (laughs) you know you've got gold
0: yes exactly well where can listeners find you and how can they contact you if they're interested in finding out more about what you do?
1: Uh, Well, of course, going on sideeffectsupport.com. My email is jill at sideeffectsupport.com. I'm also going to give out my cell number, um, (laughs) 920-629-1263. I am more than happy to to talk with anyone if they have questions or want to learn more about what side effect support is about, um, have suggestions or, or anything. I, I, this is definitely my passion and, um, and yeah, I I love to, I love to talk about it and and hopefully get people interested and more educated about the subject. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: It's it's been a pleasure. It really has. And it's so great to meet you in real life. We only spent like a split second with each other.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I was running around like a crazy woman. I didn't even make it back to Chris's course. I felt so horrible. And I was like, please, I hope I don't see Chris again. (laughs) Because I was like, I would be cowering in shame right now. Oh my gosh. Um, it has been, it was crazy. RDH on my roof. I, my feet were hurting so bad. I didn't even sit, hardly sat down.
1: It is a, it is a crazy, crazy event that is so worth going. I hope if any, any hygienists have not been there that they consider, um, checking it out because it's pretty, pretty amazing. It
0: is. It is. The conversations I had with people working in a focal booth, it it was so much fun. And I'll be and then I'll be in Maryland next year. So, of course, I'm not going to miss that.
1: (laughs) I hope I won't either.
0: All right. Well, thanks again for being on the show. And hopefully we'll have you back on again.
1: That sounds great. Thank you again. Have a good night.